Jesus Christ! <laughs> you see him? You see him too? Jim, let's oh, get out of here. We need to God. get out of here. Shell, I was losing my We're getting out of here. I thought, wait, no, you can't Jill, leave. get out of my way. Where are you going to go, huh? You want to go out there with Dogman? It, it's gone. But probably still somewhere, huh? Listen, that thing has been my waking nightmare for weeks. I've been terrified, desperate. Exhausted, and then I hit a point. I thought, this is it. This is my life now. I never thought I'd have a, a moment of peace again, but now here, this box, these tapes, it's the first time I felt any hope, show. There's gotta be something in these recordings, a, a clue, a key, a, a magic amulet, or something that'll make these visions go away. No. No, 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 we should be running. We, we should get out of here. Please, Shell, that's all I want. One full night's sleep. Why didn't you tell me before? You would have thought that I was going well, crazy. Why can I see him now, too? Why are these things happening, Jam? I don't know. But I'm betting there are some answers in this box. Now, I'm going to sit right here where I can see the windows and doors. And I'm going to go through all of these papers and tapes and photos until I can solve this thing. And then I'm going to go home and get some long overdue rest. I would love to have you here. We can get through it a lot quicker. But if you still want to go, by all means, there's the door. Say hi to Dogman on your way out. We'll go a lot faster if we make a system. Okay. You play the recordings, I'll go through the rest of this stuff. Okay. And I've got my scratch paper for show notes. I'll start mar marking down anything important. We're gonna figure this out. We better. Start at that end, we'll just work our way straight through. Chell? Yeah? Things get bad tonight. You won't leave me, will you? No. I'm in this too now. I'm seeing things too now, so... So just get started and I'll... Oh, crap. What? We're still rolling. I'd better save some. No, no, no. Don't turn it off. I want to record everything. We don't know what's happening to us. We don't know what's going on in this mansion. I think we should have some kind of record in, in case... In case we die? In case something kills us in here? At least we'll be memorialized as primo podcast material. In case of whatever. Keep it on. I mean, why not? Keep it on. Fine. I probably only have an hour or two of battery left anyway. Got it. Let's keep it moving then. I'm about to play an MP3. It says WKNN21508. Bruno. So tell us, uh, tell us the whole story from the beginning, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I had been going through a breakup that really took it out of me. I kind of thought this was the one, and then I didn't know who I was living with. Anyway, uh, that's not. <laughs> so, uh, Bruno. I, I got Bruno at a no-kill shelter. He was a Shih Tzu, if you know what they look Those like. Those are the, the really tiny, fluffy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the most precious thing. So happy to see me. So trusting. And was there anything that seemed weird right off the bat? No. That was wonderful. I'd been going through a real depressive spell. I mean, I didn't want to get out of my bed. And Bruno just kind of perked me up. And I want to say, 
right now that I'm still not against the idea of therapy dogs or a- any kind of dog. The problem, it sounds overly dramatic when I say it, the problem was with this dog. When did that start? Um, well, I had had Bruno for like a year and um, then... Okay, so then there was this night when I woke up and Bruno is on the floor growling and he's a toy puppy, so you don't really hear those growl a lot. Um, And it kind of started to freak me out because I was thinking, what if there's someone on the other side of the door? What if it, what if it's my ex? (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't have a peephole. So, um, so I get up and I go over to the door and I look under the door and Bruno is still behind me and he's growling and it's freaking me out. And so I, I shout out like, who's there? And there's no response. And I say, I'm going to call the police and there's still no response. Um, and I'm freaked out at this point and all keyed up. So I just think to myself, well, screw it. And I open the door and there's nothing. There's nobody there. And Bruno's still growling. <laughs> so I go down the stairwell and I check it out. Nobody there. So I go back up to the apartment and the only thing there is Bruno. And he's looking at me now and he looks different. Uh, like different how? He's bearing his energy. <laughs> he's looking at me and he's staring at me with this hatred in his eyes is he like growling or no 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 he wasn't growling anymore he'd gone quiet uh, it's it's hard to describe i i can't i can't really point into any physical indicators his posture was a little bit more aggressive maybe but mostly it was this emotional impression what kind of impression that he wanted to kill me all of a sudden, I immediately felt, you know, this dog hates me, and he wants to see me dead. I can't express how sure I was, how unambiguous that was. His eyes were full of hatred, so that got me all freaked out again. But I went to bed, you know, rough night. We'll feel better in the morning. But of course you didn't. <laughs> nope. That malice, it didn't go away. And I'd never thought of his species is having a high prey drive. Uh, prey drive? That's the term, sometimes known as the killer instinct. <laughs> the inborn desire to chase and kill something. Did he become violent? Not to me. To chipmunks, rabbits, pigeons, he became this menace. To me, he wasn't aggressive, per se. Unfriendly. He'd tug on his leash, instead of curling up next to my bed, he'd go stand, not sit, stand in the corner. And when I was ready to turn off the light, he'd be standing there watching me. That spooked me out the most, maybe, before the night he got into my bed. Was that unusual behavior for him? My bed's on risers. It's like three feet off the ground. He's a little shih tzu. I have... No idea how he got up there, but I woke up and he was literally standing on my chest, 
his head towards my throat, and his jaws kind of like half open. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I lurched up. Bruno went flying. I mean, <laughs> I, w- I was horrified. But remember, he's a little guy. And he kind of flops on the floor and then crawls back into the corner and sits back down and stares at me. I was like, uh-uh. And I, I put him out in the other room. So did, did Bruno ever attack you? No. Then did you ever wonder if it was at all potentially something that you were disposed to see rather than a real change in his attitude? Uh, my therapist, for sure, wanted to know if I might be projecting hostility, you know, internalizing a sense that the world was out to get me. So what do you think about that? I think that Bruno was different than he was before. Something got into him. I can point to it. Oh, also, with other dogs. You know, he was friendly with other people, but shy with other dogs. I mean, for the first year. And then after the night that something came in the door, he started going right up to dogs. Not normal butt-sniffing dog behaviors. It's like he'd go right up to them and look them in the eyes, and then they'd both go still and stare. And then they'd both turn and stare at me. Right at me. Not kidding. It's so goddamn unsettling. And I, I thought, oh, God, he's turning other dogs against me. He's gathering this army of dogs that hates me. Do you feel that way about people? No. People love me. Or they're fine with me, whatever. But no, I don't think it's projection because the dogs act weird. And it wore on me. And eventually I put him up for adoption. I put him in his crate and put the towel over the crate so he couldn't stare at me. And I drove him to a shelter way the hell out on the other side of the city so I wouldn't see him getting walked in my neighborhood. And that was the last that I saw of him. Never saw him again. No. But this is the thing. Sometimes on the street, a dog looks at me. That hateful look right at me like a dart. And I'm like, did this dog... (laughs) But did Bruno tell it something? Can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. Y- you said earlier that night when something came in the door. <laughs> I know that part sounds extra crazy, but that's how I think of it. I opened the door and something came in. Something that you couldn't see? Yep. You you believe in that stuff? I'm not sure. I'm I'm open to the possibility. Yeah, I used to be open to the possibility. Then something came into my apartment and got hold of my dog, and I've had nightmares since then. So, pretty convinced of the possibility now. Something came in. That's what it feels like in my head sometimes. Something just came in. Pray drive. I'm writing that down. What worried me the most was, am I going crazy? But these stories, they're already making me feel better, because... Even if this doesn't go away, it's like, it's not just me. (laughs) No, it's me too now. Thanks for that. Hey, well, at least we got each other. Yeah, like you said. And who knows? Maybe it is all in our heads. Maybe that stuff about Bruno and Dogman and all of it is just some kind of mass hallucination. Look at this. What is it? It's like a police blotter with notes on it. From when? 6 September 1929. 1929. You remember that phone call from earlier? Brother Terrier? Sister Hound? Yeah, Brother Mastiff. Let me see that. You want to read it? I wonder whose notes these are. They're all in pen here at the top. It says, Bloody Monday, what is the connection? Oh. Is it 
Bloody Monday is right, jeez. God, this is some grisly stuff. All right in a row, 6 September, 7.40 a.m., 9.03 a.m., 10.50 a.m. Apartment bloody after double homicide. Uh, suicide beneath train. Witness described Miss Horn's behavior as beast-like. Repeated blows of his head against Audra's bedroom door. Car crash. Shot herself. Attacked by a policeman with his teeth. Louisa Manchester plummets from roof of five-story building at Dearborn and LaSalle. And Miss Manchester, recovered alive at the scene, died en route to the hospital. Responders report she vocalized the words, Dog, dog, it comes before expiring. These are awful. But what does this have to do with all of... That prohibition tape? Uh, Let me see if I can... Hang on one second. When our order's business is concluded, when tomorrow night is through, the sun no, rises on... back. ...prevail over the moralistic compunctions which man's law has drummed into us. And I hope that you especially may be counted upon... my resolve, Louisa Manchester. On the telephone! Forgive me. Sister Hound was Louisa Manchester. She jumped off a building. Brother Terrier, Brother Mastiff. I bet they're on here too. This was a dog cult. That call took place on September 4th, 1929. So they did their whatever it was cult ritual thing the next day, the next night, on September 5th. Dog night. Dog night. Maybe they were trying to summon something or... Whatever they did, they were all dead, insane, or in prison 24 hours later. Okay. Okay. We're learning more. This is good. This isn't good. This is what happens. It's going to happen to us, Jam. We're next. No. No, I've been seeing Dogman for weeks. Weeks, Shell. He's just a hallucination. There was something different going on here. We're going to be okay. We just need to keep moving. Fine. Next tape. Oh, no. What? Look, the next thing I've got are more of these... Phillips compact cassettes? Yeah. Marked good dog. Oh, God. Look, we can skip them if you think it'll be too no, no. much. In for a penny, in for a... Just play the damn thing. May 20th. 1972, 9.30 p.m. Saw a cute kid playing with a puppy today. Mom and kid. Brief flicker of light. Cannot decide. Kids mess with my sense of the species. So innocent. Such possibility of growing up better. Making better world. World less sick with greed and hate. But possibility is not promise. Kid will learn to prey on others. All do. May 26, 1972, 6 p.m. Leering landlord gave me a lecture. Should he be the first one? Who loves a landlord? No one will miss him. No one would avenge the murder of a landlord. <laughs> first the small overlords will fall. Then someday the great ones. The first prey will present itself. 
Now is the search. Soon, the stalk. May 29th, 1972, 10.50 p.m. President Nixon, wretched bulldog god, slavering his toxic nonsense on television today. He is animal urge to dominate. Predator of the non-white, of the non-straight, of the non-right, non-war, non-wealth, teeming masses of the world. A low-minded, prey-driven, pathetic, preening, leg-humping little bulldog wrapped up in a suit. The most elevated cannibal in the land. President of the predatory states of America. <laughs> Role model to our children. He deserves to die a hundred agonizing deaths for his corrupting influence. All wretched predators do. June 4th, 1972, 2.40 a.m. The scope of humanity overwhelms me when I attempt to fathom it. So big. So complex. Good or bad. What do I do? June 8th, 1972, 9.50 a.m. New family moved in next door. Thin walls, so I listened to them. Neighbors never realize how thin the walls are because inside my apartment I am silent. I listen. It's a family. Ugh, it's as if God knows. The universe knows what have you and is doing it to try my resolve. Cute kid next door. Make me believe again in good future. Hope for species. End of bigotry and treachery. Please. June 11th, 1972, 1.30 p.m. Kid's name is Genevieve. Seven years old. Very smart. Talked to me in the hallway, waiting for mom. Introduced herself and asked for help tying her shoes. Don't you know how? I asked. No, she said. I could never figure it out. I tied her shoes. So trusting. Doesn't she know about stranger danger? Child murders, the Manson family? The Bay of Pigs, the Stasi? I hate kids for this reason. You can't fool me, kid. Cannot distract me. I know how things are. But Genevieve and Michelle and Claude are a very kind family. Very warm. Come over for coffee sometime, they say. Yes, I do like coffee. I do want to live in a world where Genevieve becomes the president of the United States. No more slavering bulldogs. But a new world. The well-being of others put before your own greed. I am agonized with indecision. June 18th, 1972, 7.24 p.m. Claude and Michelle argue. I hear them. Not so nice as once I thought. They are sick with canine rage. They will destroy Genevieve before she ever grows up to be good president. Cycle will continue. Food chain will remain unbroken. June 19th, 1972, 11.05 p.m. Tonight on the L tracks, I watched as a young man mugged an elderly man on the opposite platform. I did nothing. 
paralyzed with fear. Fear is the seed. A hangdog fear that turns us into backbiting parasite cowards. If I see this young thief again, I swear upon the altar of truth that I will eat his skin while he screams for my mercy. June 20th, 1972, 10.42 a.m. All night in my dreams, a great wolf beast stalked across the land, snapping up greater and more terrible prey. Felling forests, spreading rivulets of blood as it cycloned through the other creatures of the earth. It was a dog without fear, a vision of truth. At the end of his vicious hunt stood little Genevieve, a tiny flower wavering in the blackened earth, an infinitely fragile little specimen teetering on the edge of the toxic sludge of the dark and poison world that would surely infect her by degrees until she was another monster like me. Instead, she drew in one tremulous breath, and the great wolf beast gobbled her up in a single swift... The business of an instant. And Genevieve was spared. That was my dream. I woke this morning in a cold sweat, 6.11 a.m. It is 10.43 a.m. now. It has been seven minutes since Michelle ran from the house in Claw Chase after her. Seven minutes since he barreled down the stairs and left his front door ajar, left his daughter alone and unprotected, and left his home open for the carnivorous cannibals of the world. Seven minutes is so long a time in the life of a seven-year-old child. Seven minutes of loneliness and fear. Fear taking hold in her roots and changing her. No barrier stands between little Genevieve and myself, no intervening predator. I could end her suffering in an instant, one swift and merciful instant. All decisions come to now. Dog-eat-dog infliction point. Time to choose. Hang-dog, puppy-dog, tail between his legs. Or great wolf-beast. Choose. Choose. Oh, God. Do you think he... Yeah. Probably. Why, Jam? I don't know. He wanted to be a great wolf beast. No, why was this tape in here? He went crazy like the people in 1929? How? What's tying it all together? Well, it's all dog stuff, right? Yeah, I'm getting kind of sick of this dog stuff. I just finished reading through The Binding of Frenrir and the Death of Zoloto. Anything useful? I don't know. They're just like... These myths about dog gods? Well, Professor Mott wasn't just hunting down dog coincidences. There's something here. There's something that we need to understand about dogs. Sure. Okay. Check this out. What is it? I'm pretty sure Mott just printed out a Wikipedia article. Hey, Wikipedia is actually a pretty reliable source of information if you're checking all of your sources. Jam. Uh, sorry. Go for it. It's the article for Prey Drive. The prey drive, like he mentioned in the Bruno story? Yeah, I already had it in my notes. The article says, In all predators, the prey drive follows an inevitable sequence. Search, stalk, chase, bite. Two different kinds here. Grab bite and kill bite. Dissect, consume. In wolves, the prey drive is complete and balanced since it utilizes the whole range from search to kill and finally consumes the prey in order to survive. It's a great wolf beast. Yeah. 
In different breeds of dogs, certain of these five steps have been amplified or reduced by human-controlled selective breeding for various purposes. The search aspect of the prey drive, for example, is most valuable in detection dogs such as bloodhounds and beagles. The stalk is a strong component of behaviors used by herding dogs who find herding its own reward. The chase is seen most clearly in racing dogs such as greyhounds and lurchers, while the grab bite and kill bite are valuable in the training of terriers. Hmm. So dogs are just like specialized wolves. And then get this. In many breeds of dog, prey drive is so strong that the chance to satisfy the drive is its own reward. There's more here, but essentially it boils down to dogs can be trained, but that prey drive is baked in. The animal instinct. Killer instinct. And the prey drive always trumps any other concern. You do what you're bred to do? Wait a minute. There are notes on here on the back of the article. Prey drive root of nexus. Dog collar suppresses prey drive? But that's all crossed out. And then it says, how much does Reed know? Do not use dog collar. Reed and the dog collar. Why is that sounding familiar to me? Reporter girl who met with Professor Mott yes. and saw Dogman. What was um the mysterious Sirius? Um, it looks like I've got a disc five here. Go for it. 1157, December 3rd. Gunder Mansion, the continued case of the mysterious Sirius, disc five. Stop it right there, Professor Mott! Adelaide? Adelaide, put down the cookie sheet. You're not intimidating anyone. You were behind it all along. All these weeks you've been working with me and it was you. The disappearance, the dog man. Adelaide, I am not the villain you're looking for. Javier told me not to trust you. Javier Rodriguez is a jumped up vigilante who would monopolize the powers of the spirit world and keep the rest of us chained and powerless in the name of public safety. He saves lives. Oh, is that what he told you? You might want to check your sources there, little Miss River Valley Gazette. My hands are clean. There's more than enough blood on his head. But I suppose I have not been entirely honest with you. You've certainly proved yourself worthy. Thanks. Talk. It's not that... Well, once upon a time, there was a boy, a young man, who discovered a cache of artifacts in the basement of his house. Artifacts like the dog collar? No. The dog collar came later. He learned that by using these artifacts, he could summon and even control the spirits of the dead, plumb them to uncover mysteries lost to time, a sense of the past of how it really was. You can't imagine the possibilities to a budding historian. I can. I've dealt with it before. Oh, really? It's torture. You torture people's ghosts for information. It's slavery. Well, I... I admit it doesn't look very pleasant for them, but we're talking about the greater historical truth. And I always let them go, eventually. But no one believed me. Just like Javier Rodriguez, they thought I was chasing glory. Any historical society I tried to join branded me a fraud, even when I offered irrefutable proof of my findings. The whole pack of them robbed me of my prestige, drove me underground, shabby offices and empty lectures. 
No one listened. No one believed me. So I shifted focus, began investigating. Are you recording this? No. Uh, tell me about the caller. I wanted to find out more about my tools, where they came from, who made them. After the Sioux Falls fiasco, I retrenched here. That's when I fell in with the Winslow family. Stephanie told me of her aunt and her friends, the murders and the disappearances. She told me of her family's connection with the dog cult of 1929. She showed me the collar. It sings with power, Adelaide. The strongest tool of its kind I've yet encountered. But it showed me... What? The dog man? No. Stories. Myths. Tales of... Entities. A pack of malevolent spirits, the fetches, some call them, appearing in unlikely forms, offering awesome power for a terrible price. I thought with the collar I'd be able to control And them. that's what you're doing here in the mansion tonight. No! No, I was trying to fetch back Stephanie's spirit. See if she had... if she had learned anything before... To see if I could comfort her? Fulfill any last request? But she will not come. So maybe she isn't dead. If you can't call back her ghost. Maybe. Or perhaps they didn't leave enough of her to be called back. She was my... She was my employee. I was supposed to look out for her. It's all my fault. I depended on her for everything. I've been so lost these past weeks. I've had such dreams. I haven't been myself. I haven't been myself. But there has to be something we can do. That's what the collar was for, right? For controlling spirits. Maybe we could use it to bind them. They tried that before. Adelaide, run. What? Run. Take it. Take the collar. Get away. Get far away. Far from the mansion. From the city. Uh, Professor Mott! <gasps> Professor! <laughs> Professor, look at me. Breathe. Oh, I'm CPR trained. When I call you. What? When I call you, you will. Professor Mott? No. No, no one of that name residing here. Not anymore. Have I put you off your lunch, sweetie? <laughs> oh, Lord, but it's good to be back. So long I've been scratching away at this petty soul. Scratch, 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 scratch. But now, Adelaide Reed, my beautiful darling, the door has been hurled open. Now, these bones are mine, and I am called to walk in this world again. Stay back. I've got the dog collar. I've dealt with you before. I'm not afraid of you! <laughs> oh, but you should be. And really, do you think Zolotl's trinket is going to protect you? He's not going to be helping the likes of you, the old hound. And didn't it once occur to you two idiots that maybe the dog collar wasn't a dog collar, a gigaw used for binding, but instead the mark of a dog collar? The one who calls the dogs. No. 
I thought I was trapped in this old mansion, in this old pedant, forever, when that tasty tidbit of a secretary flung herself into the doghouse, unmarked and unhallowed. But you, you, my sweet pup, you were my salvation. You opened the way. You called me home. No, 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 no. no. You can't run. You can't even breathe. Here, sit, stay. No, you are something special, Adelaide Reed. The valued file distinguishes the swift, the slow, the subtle, the housekeeper, <laughs> the hunter. With humans, it's all about the breeding and all about the training, too. And darling, I am going to make such a good girl out of you. Oh, God. What was that? It's like he was possessed or something. And what happened to Adelaide? Who was that? The reporter girl? Sorry. There's so many names Don't and... worry, I've got them all written down. Javier Rodriguez. Stephanie Winslow. Carmen. Hold it. That's what the collar was for, right? For controlling spirits. Maybe we could use it to bind them. They tried that before. They were trying to find them in 1929. That must have been the cult, Sister Hound and friends. They weren't trying to summon something. They were trying to control it. And it destroyed them within 24 hours. Billy, do you think Zolotl's trinket is going to protect you? He's not going to be helping the likes of you, the old hound. And didn't it once occur to you two idiots that maybe the dog collar wasn't a dog collar, a gigaw used for binding, but instead the mark of a dog collar, the one who calls the dogs? No. Still want to mess around with magic amulets? <sighs> and we're hearing a lot about Zolotl again. You said there wasn't anything in that story? I could look again. Death of Zoloto. Here we go. What if the myths... What? Listen to this. And he poured himself inside one of their number and curled up tightly round their heart. And when the gods came hunting, they could not find him. And so Zoloto, slinking from body to body... Host to host. You think this god is actually possessing people? I don't know. I. Is there anything in your pile about that? I mean, this one says Zolotl, I think. Digital audio tape. This was probably recorded early 80s. Where do you see Zolotl? It's been kind of scratched out right there, see? Someone wrote The Night Traveler over it in some kind of brown paint. But maybe they were afraid to write his true name. I don't think this was paint jam. Oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you're right. Play it. What the hell is going on? Hello? Is anybody there?
How do you know my name? I know many things. Who are you? <laughs> I have many names. <laughs> Your will is strong. Eres fuerte. Si. Y tu no me respondes. Slotel, the night traveler, the hound of flame and lightning, dark twin, dog of death and dusk. That's not possible. Here, now, anything is possible. Oh, why, why can't I leave? Because here, When you entered this house, you sealed your fate. No. As did this body. This weak fleshed man in the mask of the Mastiff. As if the prayers of my people are a tomb for him to hum. The faith of my people, an exotic accessory for him to wear. The stories of my people, mere entertainment for him to speak while so many are silenced. I don't understand. He and his, with their titles and nicknames and their pale flesh and fineries, with their tinkerings and fumbled magics, pathetic, rank amateurs sitting at their banquet with their rituals stolen from the brown bodies buried in the earth beneath their feet. Stolen, stolen, stolen. So was he stolen. Stolen? His... You stole his body? They opened doors that should have remained closed. He and his paid the price. His life? <laughs> With his soul. His soul? I tore it apart. <laughs> no. As I will yours. No. Fifty years I have worn this flesh, and it is deteriorating. But a new vessel has presented itself. Oh. You mean me? One to host my righteous anger on this plane. I won't. <sighs> to show them that the false faces they parade as a mockery of the pain my people have faced will not be tolerated. And what about my pain? What about my people? I'm not like him. I'm not like those others. Maybe so. I can smell it on you. Smell what? Uh, something familiar. 
I don't understand. <sighs> like going home. What are you saying? Oh, you are different from this one. Your soul just may withstand what is to come. Please, don't make me. What will be, will be. Oh, just let me leave. Como era, lo será. But why me? You came here. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can safely say that <clears throat> the Night Traveler is possessing people. This dog coat pissed him off, and now he's wreaking havoc all over. I don't think that's it, Jam. In the story, the Night Traveler is trying to get back to the world of the living and does wear human bodies as a second skin. Check. But he also helps humanity, teaches them about magic and tries to reward his people for hosting him and shielding him from the other gods. Right. And he wants Carmen to host his righteous anger on this plane. He looked for the right host and found it in Carmen. Uh, so the thing that possessed Mott... Was something else. Look, Zoloto... The night traveler. ...refers to himself as he talks to Carmen, and whatever possessed Mott talks about... The night traveler... As if it is another being. He doesn't say my caller. He says Zoloto's caller. Shell! Sorry. Like, I don't... I don't know. It seems a little convoluted. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jam, shut that thing off. Well, it's off. Now is not the time to play games, okay? No, Shell, it's off, okay? It's turned off. Maybe the button is... Is that... Coming from inside the house. He's laughing at us. Jam, we've got to go. You promised. Together, both of us, the, the thing is in here with us. It was us. out there, too. So, so we, we, we can run. We, we can fight. We can do anything. But we are trapped. We've got to keep listening. What if listening to these things is calling the pack down on us, Jam? Calling them to us. Calling the whole. Yeah, okay, let's go. Thank you. Shelly. Oh. Shelly, are you okay? It hurts, Jam. Oh no, it's fine. it's fine. Come on, let's go. <laughs> What's wrong? I can't jam. I can't leave. Come on, Shell. Ah! Come on, Shell. Okay, more steps and we're out the door. It hurts too much. Oh, in my brain. Oh, What are you talking about, Shell? Please, let's go. It won't let me leave. The house doesn't want me to leave. We're not making it out of here, Jam. We're trapped. <laughs>